0: Hello, 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 and welcome to the Locked On Women's Basketball Podcast, part of the Locked On Network. My name is Lindsay Gibbs, and I'm so, so happy to be here with you all today today. This is my first episode as part of this all-star daily lineup of Locked On Women's Basketball host, and I'm going to be here every single Wednesday where we're going to dive in and focus in on one single WNBA team. So we're not going to be as tied to the news cycle as other uh, shows. We want to take a minute, slow down, and look at these rosters inside and out. Today, we're going to start with the Washington Mystics, and joining me, I have the fabulous Megan McPeak, the voice of the Washington Mystics, their play-by-play announcer, can't imagine anyone better to have on. We're going to start out by looking at the Mystics' surprising start and the breakout player of the season so far, Maisha Hines-Allen. We'll dive into what's working with the rest of the starting lineup, including new edition Leilani Mitchell. And finally, talk about the bench and the improvements we need to see. And you're going to want to stick around to the end because Megan is going to give us a behind the scenes peek into one of the most special moments in franchise history that happened right before this season. A little bit about me briefly, since we're just getting acquainted I am the founder and author of the Power Plays newsletter about sexism and women's sports. Uh, you can follow that at powerplays.news. Also co-host the feminist sports podcast Burn It All Down. It's on all your podcast apps, wherever your favorite is. (laughs) But in this context, it's notable that I was a beat reporter for the Mystics for many years. Um, I've lived in D.C. since 2016. Uh, These days, I'm pretty much just playing a beat reporter on Twitter. But I keep up with this team. And I think between Megan and myself, we know this team pretty well. Yeah, I think I hope so. I'm going to very, very briefly mention up top who the Mystics are missing this season, and then we're going we're gonna to move on because that's not the focus. Um, but as I mentioned, they're without four starters from the championship. Uh, Elena Deladon is dealing with a back injury. She's back in D.C. rehabbing. Natasha Cloud and Latoya Sanders both opted out of the season. Christy Tolliver left in free agency for the Sparks. And the Mystics' huge off-season addition, Tina Charles, was medically exempt from this season due to asthma. But like I said, despite all that, the Mystics are still rolling, especially with the high-scoring offense. So let's start. Megan, hi. Did you see this coming?
1: In all honesty, Lindsay, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm so glad I feel honored that I'm your first, your first guest. Um, but to your question, in all honesty, I did not expect this. In that I say in no disrespect to coach Tebow, his staff and the team, but you just, you know, rang off the list of five people who they don't have, who were all integral in last year's success. And you would think there would be a bit of a drop-off, especially the scoring punch. And they really haven't had that. And that's been the, probably the best part of this. And the most surprising to me is it really hasn't even come from Emma Mieseman as well, because, you know, to your point, you take away those pieces and you expect last year's finals MVP and the first in history in the league off the bench to be the focal point. And everyone was thinking that, and she has been, in a different aspect, I think, not from a scoring standpoint, but from a facilitating standpoint, because she leads the team in assists. So I wasn't expecting them to come, you know, come out, like gangbusters the way they did but at the same time I think a lot of the mentality that played a role into it was everybody sort of writing them off they don't have this person they don't have that person so you know they're going to be good they'll probably be in the playoff hunt but they're not going to be the same and I think they took that personal and tried to send a message and the biggest message what I think was that win against Seattle when you have both Sue and Brianna in the lineup and seattle was the favor going in and they they took it to them and it was a very phenomenal win and a very convincing win at that
0: absolutely so let's start by talking about this core four who i think have been the ones who have carried the momentum and the um, personality of the team i think it's safe to say maisha heinz allen ariel atkins ariel powers And Emma Mieseman, they are starting along with Leilani Mitchell, who will get to Myesha Hines-Allen, the WNBA Player of the Week for the Eastern Conference, which I just so thrilled for her, averaging 18.3 points, 9.3 rebounds, 2.8 assists, 1.8 steals per game. One of my favorite Maisha stories is her rookie season. So she's in her third year out of Louisville, if you don't know that. She was a second-round draft pick by the Mystics. Her rookie season, it was the fourth game. So it was a year they did have um, Elena Deladon, and they did have Latoya Sanders. Both of them were sick. So she was getting more playing time. And it was just the fourth game. They were playing the defending championship Minnesota Lynx. She held Sylvia Fowles to almost no points in the second half, got a double-double. And I asked her in the locker room, like, were you expecting this? You know, were you expecting to get a double-double? Like, how are you feeling? And she goes, I'm honestly surprised I didn't get one sooner. This was the fourth game of her WNBA. <laughs> so she has never lacked in confidence. <laughs> um, but what have you seen on the floor from her game uh, this season that has uh, kind of taken this, the league by storm?
1: You know, Lindsay, to your story, I think that's probably been the biggest misconception when it comes to Maisha because i've seen this from her christy has seen this from her and by Chris i mean my broadcast partner christy Winter scott because last season and you know since christy's been here um since day one of the team we've been able and lucky enough to sit in on practices training camp so i've seen the development of Myesha. i know that she has the capability of, you know, doing some serious damage. It was just the fact that you look at last season, you've got Elena, Latoya, Tiana Hawkins, that she's got to contend with. And, you know, when you have those three, then there's there's not many minutes left for her to play. And it wasn't so much that she can't play. It was that there wasn't enough minutes to go around, much like when you have last year's team, questions were is there enough basketball to go around because of how much scoring they had so i think because no one has seen this version of maisha that's why it's been such a you know shock and awe or a surprise to people on the outside looking in that oh wow like she can really hoop but you ask anybody on the team even people from last year's squad they'll tell you like this this is this is nothing new this is Maisha. this is who we know she just never had the opportunity and now she's got it and she is running with it and I absolutely love it
0: yeah they all call her ox like that's a uh, Natasha Cloud's name for her because she's just built she's so strong I mean her arms are just like the envy of the world honestly yes. <laughs> <laughs> Or at least the envy of my world. Um, But it's been so much fun because I remember with Emma Miesemann, she wasn't there, Myesha's rookie season. I remember talking to them in training camp of 2019. And I was like, Emma, how is it getting to know Myesha and Atkins? Because she hadn't been there the previous season with them. And she said, well, I met Myesha when she was shooting threes above over me in Russia. Like she got like five threes on me while I was defending her in our games against one another in Russia. So she was like, I know, Maisha. Um, but you know, so I think that you're right, the mystics are I think maybe the least surprised by what we're seeing from Maisha on the court. Another big thing, though, is she's not scoring alone. Both Ariels, Ariel Atkins and Ariel Powers, are averaging 18 points per game right now, which I believe would be career highs for both if we continue going in this direction. We're gonna dive all into the Ariels as well as Misaman and the other starry, Le- starter, Leilani Mitchell, in just a moment. Um, but first, say it with me, friends. Sports are back, baby. I've been waiting for this day since March. And now that it's here, I've only got one thing on my mind. My bookie. My bookie is a home run, slam duck, triple overtime game winning shot all wrapped up into one. I love it. You love it. And really, that should be all you need to hear in order to start betting today. MyBookie has up-to-the-minute odds on all your favorite teams, and with the start of Major League Baseball just around the corner, there's never been a better time to start playing. With MyBookie, it's easy. You bet. You win. They pay. Feeling good about your team's chances this year? Be sure to check out MyBookie's World Series Futures Bets. Nothing shows you believe in your squad like betting on them before the season even begins. But why start with baseball? Baseball. Smart bettors are always looking towards the future, and in this case, that means basketball and hockey and football. MyBookie is already accepting bets on all your favorite NBA, NHL, and NFL games, and there has never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting. Join today, and MyBookie will match your deposit 100%. Plus, they'll toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. All you have to do is enter promo code LOCKEDON On. NBA when signing up remember at my bookie the terms are simple you bet you win they pay I also just want to remind you that locked on women's basketball is a daily show with a lineup honestly of dreams Gabe Ibrahim and Amy Audibert on Mondays Eric Ayala on Tuesdays and Thursdays and the godfather of this podcast, Howard megdall on Fridays. Now, getting back to our aerials, let's start with Atkins. Uh, last year, her second season, back in the starting lineup full time, mainly just like her rookie season where she got in a few weeks in, really wasn't enough ball to go around. She wasn't fully healthy. Uh, this year, she is fully healthy. Obviously, she's in a different position. Have you seen what growth have you seen between this year and last year? I think the biggest growth
1: has been her vocal leadership. She's talking a lot more. And when you're a young player, it's easy to take a step back and just play your role when you have, you know, a player like a Christy Tolliver last year, a Natasha Cloud last year, an Elena Deladon. They're, you know, vets in the league. You're still young you're still figuring things out I mean last year she was only in her second season and she was a huge part of their success but quietly at the same time so I think when you remove the pieces that were removed again similar to a Maisha and an Emma they are now the focal even though she was a starter on last year's team I think that, you know, to your point, might not have been enough basketball to go around, which is, you know, clearly not a bad thing because no. of the success that they had and she picked her spots and I think having to do that in her second season while also being in the starting unit and having to, you know, be be taking a step back to be a facilitator or just be a distraction for what the actual person the play is going to. Um, I think that's allowed her to see the game differently, and it's allowed her to now be a vocal leader on this team.
0: There are a couple more players to talk about here. I think Ariel Powers is not a surprise to me at all. She's a player (laughs) (laughs) who, first of all, didn't need to be any more vocal. Already at max vocalness and energy, just so I just love that girl. She just has so much energy, so much power. She's the reason they got the number one seed last year when Christy was out, right? Like she kept them afloat. She stepped into Christie's spot in the starting lineup for the last bit of the season when Christy was out. And was the transition was pretty seamless and allowed them to get that number one seed, which they really need. And going back to your, oh, my dog wants to wants to say hi. He's doing a little scratch <laughs> of the collar. Um, <laughs> going back to Emma, I do think that that's the biggest thing going forward is if Emma can get a little bit more aggressive offensive. She has noted in press that um, she likes more practice than she's going to be able to get this season. She likes the rhythm, and she's going to have to get by without that. But I'm not too worried about Emma Mason. Are you? No, not
1: not at all. (laughs) I mean, I'm not worried about her. I'm not worried about her the mental aspect of the game. I'm not worried about the ebbs and flows that players will experience in this situation. Um and neither is Coach Tebow, and yeah. I think that plays a huge part in her. She's making sure, and I really saw it, especially against Chicago. Although they did lose, I noticed what she was doing, and this is just my personal opinion. I think she is making a concerted effort to be a facilitator so that down the stretch in the crunch time of games and in the crunch time of the regular season when the playoff push comes even though in a shortened season with 22 games it was playoff push from game one she knows that she can turn it on and I think making sure now that the rest of the team can play off of her in that facilitator role will be integral and in and so important for them down the stretch as an entire unit because she will have so many weapons to go to that even now when she's not really having a huge scoring punch, she's drawing double and triple teams or even three defenders just coming to show at her, and she's making the right pass. It might not be the assist on the stat sheet. It could be the hockey assist, but she's making an impact, and I think that's going to be so huge for them down the stretch late in the season.
0: Absolutely, because what we're seeing is now with three players averaging more than 18 18 points or more per game, Like, they can't double-team her anymore, right? Like, they're not going to be able to completely focus on her, right? The best thing that could have happened to Emma Mieseman early on is to be getting these assists. She's currently fifth in the league in assists per game with 5.3 per game. All right, let's talk about the rest of the squad here. Um, I think the most important person to mention is Leilani Mitchell. I don't have a lot to say other than maybe the most (laughs) – Crucial offseason addition you could possibly have uh, for this team without uh, with them losing both point guards Tolliver and Cloud, and the way she has seamlessly fit uh, like fit into this team on the court and off, I just it, it's been remarkable. It is hard to find good point guards in this league. I think that's one of the hardest positions to really find. And um, what have you liked about Leilani so far?
1: Just her her calm demeanor and that calm presence that she brings to the team. And I think the reason, to your point, Lindsay, that she's fit so seamlessly is the fact that she has played under Coach T before. She, She knows his system. She knows what he expects of his point guard. She knows what he expects of the floor general. So it makes that transition easy from them losing both of their point guards to now having a new one. And that is a huge, huge credit to the general manager hat that he wears in finding uh, her and bringing her in and adding her to this roster. And just the biggest thing, like I said, when you have a point guard that can score the way she can, especially from deep, that can find players the way she can when she is, you know, five foot eight. Five foot nine. Oh, oh not that. You know She's what I mean? way shorter than that. I'm giving her I'm giving her, <laughs> like I'm giving her a couple extra because she she plays she plays bigger than she She's is. She's five five, Megan. <laughs> I know, but she plays, Lindsay, she plays bigger than she is. And that okay. is hard to find in a point guard. And yeah. I think, especially at her size, being able to find players the way she does is huge. Then you add in the fact that she does it with such calmness and relaxation. It makes everyone else on the floor calm and that for an opposing coach can be so infuriating because you may have, you know, your best defender on the perimeter trying to be a pest and be an annoyance to that point guard. But if they're just like, whatever, I'm cool, I got this and they're calm, then you can't take them out of the offense. And I think that's what she brings. There's situations where, you know, she gets the ball out of her hands and flies around the floor, making her defender have to guard her without the ball. And next thing you know, she's got the ball back. And she's making a play late in the shot clock or trying to make her the right play late in the shot clock. I just feel that her veteran presence, it replaces some of what they've lost with the pieces that you mentioned. And that is huge because you could, you know, Coach T could have easily filled this roster with, uh, you know, their two draft picks and bring in young players and have a young team. And that does not help late in games when you need a calm presence. And that's what Leilani brings, in my opinion.
0: It's that Latoya Sanders presence, right? That's what I feel like she is. Other than that, we've got five more players on this team. Coming up, we're going to take a deep dive into the bench mob. And then Megan is going to give us a glimpse into the Mystics Championship Ring Ceremony, which she emceed. I want to remind you all to subscribe to Locked On Women's Basketball on your podcast app. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On WBB. You can follow me on Twitter at Lenz Sports, L I N Z Sports. You can follow our guest Megan McPeak at Megan McPeak, M E G H A N McPeak on Twitter. And there's an extra dot, Megan McPeak, on Instagram. If there has been a weak link for the Mystics so far this season, it has been the bench in the loss to Chicago. The bench only scored eight points. As Shea Petty said, that's not going to cut it. And the bench really took that loss upon themselves and vowed to get better. It's super important to note that Tiana Hawkins, the sixth woman, The big spark veteran off the bench has been out with a back injury. She is questionable for Wednesday night's big game against the aces. And hopefully will be back soon. I also want to just talk about point guard, Shea Petty who Megan, she is one of the greatest stories in sports. I'm going to try and briefly go over her tale, though it's hard to be succinct with it. She's 31 years old. Last year, I met her at Mystic's training camp. It was her third WNBA training camp. She was cut, and that was her third time being cut. She had still never played in the WNBA or made a roster. But Tebow called her back in as a replacement player when Emma Meesman and Kim Mestog left to play for Belgium for a month last summer. So she was in the squad, but mainly as a practice player and to play in garbage time. Um, when the Belgians got back, she was cut. But Tebow asked her to stay around, gave her a job on the coaching staff working on scouting. So she ended up winning a championship ring with the team as a coach. She'd get a call this summer right before coming back to D.C. for the ring ceremony. And Tebow asked if she would join The team for the summer, she would just stay with the Mystics. At first, she thought he was talking about as a coach. (laughs) She was like, okay, I guess I'll be on the coaching staff again. But he said, no, we need a backup point guard. You'll be one of the 10 players at IMG, and you'll get real minutes. So here we are. Uh, Petty's had a ton of success overseas. Uh, This is her time to really prove herself in this league. Uh, Do you think she's the key to getting this team, this bench unit, back on track? I think she's one of the pieces. I think when they can get Tiana back,
1: her and Tiana will be a good mix because then you have a really strong presence in a pick-and-roll or a pick-and-pop situation. Mm. We know that Tiana can knock down that three-point shot. That's why she's such a threat offensively on the floor for opposing defenses because she drags your, your bench big. Sometimes you're starting big, depending on you know who is on the floor for the opposing coach, she pulls them out of the paint you then now don't have that rim protector. And then you put her in a pick and pop or a pick and roll situation with Shea Petty, who loves to go downhill. Then you have a different sort of structure coming off of the bench. Similar to what you could have with a Leilani and Emma or even an Ariel Atkins and Emma two-person game. And I think for Shay, she needs to be a similar common presence for the bench unit that Leilani is for the starting unit and I also think having a veteran person on the bench in Essence Carson can uh, allow her to not carry the entire load of being that calming presence but I I really need her to do similar things that Leilani does off the bench maybe not have the same scoring punch every single night that Leilani can bring but definitely have that facilitator mindset of okay let me get My girl's going before I get myself a shot. Let me find, you know, Tiana on a roll when we can get her back in the lineup. Let me find, um, you know, essence to attack. Let me slash so I can get some movement going. And that's, I think, what one of the biggest um, hurdles are for the bench unit right now, Lindsay, is – there isn't that person that can keep them keep them moving. I find that the bench, when it's an all-bench unit with maybe one starter, starter or just all-bench players, I find that they get very stagnant. And that's when things sort of lock up on them. And that's where your point guard can come back in and say, all right, give me the ball, pull it back out, check the shot clock, have time awareness, and then get something going, whether it's the, the point guard going right downhill, or you know them attacking and dishing, but that's where the point guard mindset comes into play, and that's what I want to see Shade try and do much more when she's on the floor, even when she's on the floor with the starting unit, because that will help her when she's the go-to on the bench unit.
0: I love that so much, and uh, Coach said that he's going to be looking going forward. You know, with. They had two point guards last year in the starting lineup, right? They got really used to this two point guard set with Christy and Natasha. And he said, he's going to try that a little bit more going forward that he, I think, you know, to really get that movement going and maybe to get Shay more minutes, to get her more comfortable and to help that transition between the starters and the bench be less um, awful. <laughs> she just hasn't been great so far. Yeah. It's yeah, it's been, Thank you. That's awful. Awkward is a much better word than awful. Nothing is awful in a three and one start. Um, Essence Carson has, I think, had the lowest plus minus of the entire team. Um, I felt like she's been trying to do too much. And I think it goes back to what you were saying about, um, you know, the bench unit, not really having cohesion. So I think what I've seen from Essence and you've been watching a lot closer than I have been is that I feel like she's trying to do it all. Herself, and um, it's you know it, it, she looks a little bit unsettled out there, which is not what we're used to seeing from an Essence Carson type veteran. I don't expect that to last. I don't either, and I think I think going up against
1: uh, the Aces uh, Wednesday night is going to be. I'm looking at that as you know her her moment because the Aces, you know, you look at Swords, Hamby, and McBride. She's also been in the Western Conference and has Mm. played against them a lot. So she's very familiar with them. I think Essence just needs to be Essence. And, you know, like you said, she has had a few moments where she's been trying to do too much, and that's not her game. You Mm -hmm. know, her game is very methodical, very mellow, but I mean that in a positive way where she doesn't play – hyper she doesn't play excited she's she's got the demeanor of a type of player that plays relaxed much like a Kawhi Leonard and how you're not you're not gonna make him do what you want him to do he's going to do what he wants to do and I find you know essence prior to coming here that's how she played she's not gonna play outside of herself she's not gonna be forced into something she isn't comfortable doing. And she just needs to get back to that. She knows what she's doing. It's just, I think she realizes like, okay, I'm the vet on the bench unit. I need to, I need to fill in where the missing pieces are. And that's, that's not her. She just needs to go back to playing within herself and not allowing the situations to dictate how she's going to play. And I think then we will see the essence Carson that we are so used to seeing. And that's where she's going to have a huge impact.
0: I think Tiana's going to help her more than anyone, right? Getting another bigger player out there, getting another bet out there um, on the team. And um, I just noticed that she hasn't been to the free throw line yet this year. And I think yeah. that's another way, like get more physical, drive to the basket more, like, you know, uh, those are all ways that she has made her presence known in the past. And instead, I think we've seen her on the outside, kind of forcing shots a little settling. Bit more. Yeah, yeah, settling, yeah. She set. She's settled a
1: lot to your point yeah. from for perimeter action. And yeah. I, the the essence that I have been so used to seeing and accustomed to seeing is, you know, being a threat from the outside. But as soon as that def- the, as soon as the defender, she can catch them on their heels, similar to you know in football. When, the way that the placement is at the line of scrimmage, they can tell, you know, where your weakness is. She does that with defenders. And I if she can just get back to that, she's going to be such a lethal weapon for them off the bench because if she can get to the free throw line. It's going to be more attempts, you know, at the line for her. It's going to be more pick and pops for other players. And to your point, I think Tiana is going to be a, an, another factor for her
0: yeah, I think that would really help. And then there are two younger players that we um, I want to mention briefly. We've got Kiara Leslie, who was the rookie last season, but didn't play at all due to her knee injury. And I just that had to just be so tough to just be sitting on the sidelines for a championship run. Um, luckily, the team seemed to involve her in as much as they could, they possibly could, really keep her emotionally invested and feel socially a part of the team, which is something that I could see. Um, not happening on some teams for sure. Um, so that's good. Um, but she's still definitely feeling her way into the game. And then you have Elena Coates who um, second round, second overall pick um for the Chicago Sky a few seasons ago, but is really kind of had a hard time getting her WNBA career going. Uh, the Mystics really needed another post player. Both of those players though, I don't think we've seen anywhere near the best of them. I think they are kind of projects for this season that you want to see develop. But I wanted to ask if you have any observations on the two of them.
1: Yeah, I think with Kiera, I knew coming into the season it would take her a few games to find her footing and just get into the swing of things. Um, So I think that's going to be really, really fun. But I think the biggest importance for her was the ability to see the game from the bench the whole season last year, and also be able to pick the ear of Christy Tolliver during that month that she was missing and the entire roster, really. Um, So I'm really excited to see her development. And then for Elena Coates, you know, to your point, that trade that sent Steph Dolson and Clea Copper to Chicago for Elena she was the draft pick that, uh, they, yeah. that they had sent. The, the great part is, the only reason I know that off the top of my head is because it was our trivia question during the last Mystics game.
0: That's um, also how I know it, because yeah. i listening.
1: <laughs> so, you know, to now see that pick get sent, she get draft, and her and DC, I am really happy for her, and I think she is taking the, the proper and the most, accurate mindset into this season in realizing like this is this is my shot to do something and to make a name for myself and change the trajectory that my career could have potentially taken i'm so excited to see what she can do for this for this squad specifically because of her presence and being a big a big body and a, and a big post for them down low um i'd like to see her just kind of relax you know, and just chill out. And because I feel like she's, you know, trying to make the most impact all at once. And she doesn't need to do that. She just needs to play within herself. And I think that's where and how she is going to make the most impact on this team.
0: Absolutely. And I, I love her attitude. I love how she's fit in with this team. You know, she's talked about things she's learned from Asia Jones already that nobody had ever told her, right? Just like com- her form was completely wrong and Asia was just like, Oh, your form is wrong. And
1: yeah. And like if anyone's (laughs) going to tell you that it's going to be Asia Jones. (laughs) And if you need to listen to anybody, it's going to be Asia
0: Jones. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, You know, I've got to let you go because I've kept you too long already, but you were there for the ring ceremony. I think you MC'd the ring ceremony to give all the mystics players their championship ring. I mean, besides the entire night, I'm sure, (laughs) what's your biggest memory? Like, what's your takeaway from that night? You
1: know, honestly, it was being included. Like, that was, that's, that's an honor that I'm gonna forever remember. Um, and I told them that, you know, obviously I had a, I had a script that I was following, Um, not, you know, word for word verbatim until it got to the point of explaining what went into the making of the ring. Um, but when I opened the night, I was trying to put into words to thank them for allowing me to be along for the ride because they included me from day one, not just the players, but the staff, coach T. He welcomed me with open arms, treated me like I was on his staff, like I was part of this little family that they have as a team. And being along for the ride and getting to know the players was probably the best part of all of last season because them winning, it meant something to me. I grew up watching the WNBA. When I joined the team in 2019, And it was, you know, announced that I would be the voice of the team. That was my first game. Watching a WNBA game in person, Lindsay, was opening day for the Washington Mystics. Wow. And I grew up watching the Houston Comets win four straight titles. So it took me until 2019 to see my first in-person WNBA game. And it was game one of one of the most historical seasons for a franchise. And I, I couldn't put into words to thank them for including me the way they did and for allowing me to get to know them, to tell their story to the viewers. And I probably never will be able to put that into words, but being then included in the ring ceremony and watching them as a unit open up the boxes, uh, we teased them all night. About what it looked like, and gave them hints and kind of you know teases and stuff, and then Ted Leonsis did the honor of allowing them to open the boxes together, um, so they would have that same moment all together, and that was just being included, you know. Long answer, short.
0: Well, I got to say um, this, the franchise is certainly lucky to have you Us the, the fans and other media members are lucky to have you. And, you know, I want to end this podcast. I kind of want to focus on something I've learned from each team um, as, you know, as we go through this, because one of the things I get is someone who's never been an athlete myself, but you, you can apply all these lessons, right, to different parts. And it was Myisha Hines-Allen talking about how she stayed ready when she was on the bench. For two seasons, she knew she had the talent to be out there. And if she was on a lot of teams, that she would have been getting plenty of minutes. But Myesha Hines-Allen said she stayed mentally ready and did not feel sorry for herself. Instead, saw it as an opportunity to... A help the team get better and practice. B continuing to develop her game and learn from. I mean, you know, some of the greatest post players in the in the entire world are like on her bench, and um, I just that really stood out to me because I think you see a lot of people who once they get that opportunity they've always been waiting for, they're not quite ready, and she's shown that she was, and it's because mentally, more than anything, she's she. She's, she was she was prepared for that moment. 1,000%. Thank you all so much for listening to this first episode. Well, my first episode of the Locked On Women's Basketball Podcast. I'm Lindsay Gibbs. Once again, you can follow me on Twitter at lindsports. Um, and follow and subscribe to powerplays.news to get my regular writing, including a lot about the WNBA Friends, I promise I'm gonna get better from here. I'm gonna just dis- I'm gonna get the uh, the hang of this hosting situation. Guest-wise, I know I'm not gonna get any better than the great Megan McPeak, though. Um, hope you all tune into tomorrow's edition of the Locked On Women's Basketball Podcast for Eric Ayala to really take you through this week's action, including whatever happens to the Mystics tonight against the Aces. Uh, Mystics Aces games are never boring and sometimes don't even happen due to flight delays or earthquakes so buckle up Megan I look forward to listening to you on the call as always I consider myself as someone in the DMV area one of the lucky ones I appreciate that thank you Lindsay for having me